Support for Comics for Fun and Profit is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate in men's hygiene. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code C4FAP at manscaped.com. I've been with Manscaped since the 1.0, and now we're on the Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is the future of grooming, and I dare say the greatest trimmer ever. The fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproofed and also has an LED spotlight for more precision shaving. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code C4FAP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code C4FAP. That's the letter C, the number 4, F-A-P, at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Aloha, this is Jason from Hawaii. Welcome to a special edition of the Comics for Fun and Profit podcast. In this episode, I will be interviewing writer and editor-in-chief of Ahoy Comics Magazine, Mr. Tom Pyre. Tom, two, actually three questions. Tom, one, first off, did I pronounce your last name correctly? Yes, you did, Jason. Thank you. And second, how are you doing today? Very well, thanks. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show. And the third and most important question is the breaking news today. How do you like your new mouse pad? I like it so much that I tweeted it. Mm-hmm. It is a, it, my new my new mouse pad is a uh, it's a detail from a cover of Action Comics. I want to say two seventy seven, but I probably have that wrong. It's in the two seventies mm-hmm. by uh, Kurt Swan, and it looks like uh, you, uh, George Klein, maybe Stan K on the inks, and it's got. But the mainly, it's very brightly colored. And it's got a tug of war between Crypto the Superdog and Streaky the Super Cat. And Supergirl and Superman are like rooting for their pets. And uh, they're tug of warring with a heavy chain. And it's beautiful. And then before I continue on, um, where did you get your mouse? You, you were telling me where you got your mouse pad from. I went to this website, Zazzle.com. And um, they have some very unusual dc licensed stuff there and i was very pleased to find this i didn't expect it mm-hmm. That's pretty cool okay i'm going to continue on so so listeners tom is here to promote the wrong earth event now according to the press release that was that i read it's quote unquote ahoy's money grabbing multiverse um spanning event and this mm-hmm. event covers um um five um five issues um the wrong mm-hmm. earth trapped on teen planet number one that comes out that's already out in stores right now and it is gail simone's first work with ahoy comics magazine and then the wrong earth fame and fortune number one that comes out on april 14th the wrong earth purple number one comes out on may 18th the wrong earth confidence men number one that comes out on june 22nd and then um, Tom wraps up the series with the wrong, now correct me if I'm wrong, right? You wrap up the series with Wrong Earth Meet Number One that comes out on July 27th. Is that correct? That's correct. Thank you. That's correct. Now, Tom, before we get into the, um, into the interview, um, I just want to tell our listeners your amazing history in comics. And I'm just going to highlight some of your work because if not, if I go over through your whole works, our interview would be over in an hour. And <laughs> <laughs> all right. So now Tom's um, started working. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Any time, Tom. So you started working at DC. Um, you wrote some, you wrote some great things. Um, one of them was the notable, the Our Man series that came out in 1999. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. It, around then, 98, 99 in there. Okay. I know it ran for 25 issues, and mm-hmm. all issues are available now on Comixology and on that DC app. I can't remember the DC app. So DC Unlimited, is it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And then I know you did some, and I know you did some work on. You wrote some Justice League and the Legion of Superheroes. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. um, you were the editor. Um, you you were also um, an editor um, on the Vertigo line from 1987 to 1993 with Karen Berger. Actually, I started in 1990 with Karen. Oh, okay. All right. Um, you were an assistant editor to Neil Gaiman's this, um, Sandman. Is that correct? That's correct for a year. Yeah. Okay. And then you also worked with Alan Moore and Grant Morrison. Is that correct? I worked with Grant, not Alan, but uh, I was the editor of Doom Patrol for a while. And uh, the, the sort of, uh, I'd say, last third of Grant's run, I was the editor of. Okay. Now, for Marvel, you were a writer for various Spider-Man comics and Marvel Apes comics. Is that correct? I did, uh, you know, my Marvel Apes pieces were like, one, two, three pages. They were like these tiny little backups. I did write um, Marvel Team Up for a little while. Oh, okay. Um, uh, with Spider-Man and I wrote, uh, and I, I wrote some issues of Spider-Man with Mark Wade oh. uh, of The Amazing Spider-Man later on. And uh, I also had a series uh, for a little while at Marvel called Quicksilver and his uh, Knights of Wondagore. Oh, okay. Because I think I'm going to, Sorry, my memory's not that good, but I vaguely remember that series. Yeah. You would have to have an amazing memory to remember that comic book. It didn't come out for that, for that long. And, uh, but it was definitely part of my Marvel experience. And then you also worked at Bongo Comics as a writer. You wrote some Simpsons comics, is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Yeah. For Oni Comics, you wrote... Now, correct me if I'm wrong. You wrote the first issue of Stephen Colbert's Tech Jansen that came on in 2007. Right. I think that was the only issue, too. Yeah. And then, of course, and of course, you're the editor-in-chief of Ahoy Comics, and you, you, are, you have written The Wrong Earth that came out in 2018, Dragonfly and Dragonfly Man in 2019. And, mm -hmm. oh, Penultimate Man, if I remember correctly, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Now, for books, now you also wrote, now correct me if I'm wrong, with Hart Seeley, um, the book is called Oh Holy Cow, The Selected mm -hmm. Verses of Phil Rizzuto, is that correct? It's a Rizzuto. Rizzuto. It's from Harper um, Paperbacks in 2008. Now, it's a book of collections of found poetry based on the calls of the baseball icon and Hall of Famer um, Phil Rizzuto. Now, mm -hmm. um, Phil was known as the Scooter. Um, he played for the shortstop um, for the New York Yankees um, uh, between um, 1941 and 1956, and he was a broadcast announcer for the Yankees for a number of years. Is that correct? Yeah, I think I think he worked for the Yankees his whole life, one way or the other. Okay, and then I'm gonna. So, how big of a baseball fan are you? Um, I like it. I like the Yankees are my team. Mm -hmm. I'm not, uh, you know, one of these big super brains who can rattle off a lot of statistics. And, mm -hmm. and um, I can enjoy a game. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, some years I'm way, way into it and some years less so. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, um, I'm, did I miss anything? Probably not. I mean, uh, I think you hit all the big ones. Okay. Oh, but thank you very much. Now, before we start the interview, I want to give a big shout to Hannah of Superfan Promotion. Um, Hannah, thank you very much for honoring my request. Um, I asked Hannah, hey, is there any way I could interview Tom? Um, she arranged it. So, Hannah, thank you very much. Um, I'm just going to ask, do you want to add anything to that, sir? Oh, she's so wonderful at her job and so great to work with. I'm glad. I'm, it's nice to hear you acknowledge her on the show because oh. she really deserves it. Oh, yes. Every time, every, it, I, it's, um, I, um, sorry, I'm kind of going off track, but it, whoever helps me arrange interviews, always, I, it's, it's important to give them a shout out because, really? it, yeah. Um, okay. Now for listeners, if you guys get a chance, please check out Tom's other interviews. Um, He's done. He's done an interview on the YouTube um, podcast, The Comics Cube, that came out in April 26, uh, 
2021. And of course, War Balloon that came out, that episode came out on June 29th, 2020. And that was known as Dragonfly, Dragonfly Man Day. <laughs> All right. Tom, where can followers listen to you on, uh, follow you on social media? Well, I'm at, um, on Twitter, at Tom Pyre. That's uh, T-O-M-P-E-Y-E-R. And uh, that's really all of my social media these days is Twitter. Okay. Um, and, and Ahoy has a, a Twitter account called at Ahoy Comic Mags. Mags like magazines mm -hmm. because we're like magazines. We have those um, text stories in the back of our issues. And also, I'm going kind of off the cuff, but I remember in one of the my bad issues, um, you guys had one of those um, what was it? Those um, fill in the blank word things. Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah, that, perhaps, yeah. That was pretty cool. And I remember Hannah also wrote a one-page short story in... It was in Second Coming. Yes. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. She's a good writer. Yes. So, all right. So, Tom, where did you grow up? Syracuse, which is right in the middle of New York State. Mm -hmm. And um, it's uh, not too much like where you are. It has pretty rough winters, usually. Mm -hmm. a, lot snow, <laughs> a lot of snow very cold you'd love it here and then um uh, but it's been mild the last couple of years so yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm happy about that but it is right at the hub of, of new york state so mm -hmm. we can get to new york city in four hours we can get to canada in a couple hours it's it's and it's pretty nicely situated that's pretty cool now what was um or were your first comics that you read well i always think of the first the only ones i'm sure about are the first ones that really bit me really made me love comics because there must have been comic books before that but i don't remember i would have been six years old and there was an issue of superman that came out superman 140 and the story was called the son of bizarro and it was a one story took up the whole comic, which was unusual then. Mm -hmm. uh, it was this extremely dramatic and funny and high stakes adventure that uh, sort of climaxed in the threat of war between Earth and the bizarro world mm -hmm. over the fate of a baby. Mm -hmm. And it was very heavy stuff for a six year old to read. And um, I loved Superman from television back then, mm -hmm. the George Reeves' Adventures of Superman. But this was so much richer and deeper, and it had so much more breadth and and flying and color. And it was just really, it blew my mind. I, I could never go back after that. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I grew up loving Superman comics, and I grew up loving all comics, really. but particularly DCs and Marvels. And my, my um, first Marvel comic was Fantastic Four, number six. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dr. Doom and Submariner teaming up. And uh, my first Spidey also had Dr. Doom. It was Spidey number five. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I got, growing up, I got to see all that. Month to month, Ditko, Kirby. Yes. Uh, Kurt Swan, Superman, so many great creators, and they were a huge part of my childhood. Much, maybe other kids love baseball players, but I really loved pencilers and anchors and letterers. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to ask, you know, do you still have any any of those comics that you bought from the '60s? Do you still have them? I don't. I have a lot of the stories. I don't have like the same copies. Oh, okay. I was never a collector as much as I was a reader. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, um, and I have a lot of, I have a pretty huge digital collection now. Of, oh, okay, yeah. A lot of the stuff I, I read when I was a kid. I can go back and look at it. Yeah. Um, now, Drew, the comic, um, Comics for Fun and Profit co-host, he submitted this question. What was your first comic shop? 
my first comic shop um, is, uh, was called Dream Days. It was named after a Maxfield Parish painting in Syracuse, New York. And it was uh, run by a wonderful man who's no longer with us. And his name is Mike Sagert. And he would do, a, he had his comic book store. He opened the first comic book store in Syracuse in the 70s. And he um, ran a convention, a comic book convention in this beautiful old theater. He would do it on Halloween and really try to get kids to come. Mm -hmm. And it was always so good to children. Mm -hmm. And uh, just a great man, great store owner, uh, great comics guy. And uh, he, he wasn't about the money so much. He really wanted kids to have the same kind of fun he had. Mm. That was the most important thing to him. Wow, that's so cool. Um, off the cuff question, you know, did, did you uh, did you go to any of his conventions that he had in the theater? Well, I always did. I always did. I would. I would. Uh, I had a comic strip. In the, see, we didn't have comic stores till I was already an adult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So these weren't where I bought comics as a kid. Mostly that was like drugstores and stuff. But, uh -huh. but um, uh, yeah, I, would, I was doing a comic strip for a local newspaper. So I got to, like, I, when Mike would do a show, I would get a table. And, and I met so many wonderful people there. Uh, Joe Sinnott, the Fantastic Four anchor. I met him at that show. Got to hang out with... Uh, John Toddleben, um, did Swamp Thing with Alan Moore, mm -hmm. uh, Tom Yates, really terrific cartoonists and comic book people. Roger Stern and I probably met there. Yeah. It was such a help to my career. Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, so it was, a, it was a beautiful scene. It was a really nice show. Ah, that's pretty cool. Now, this is the perfect segue. So. How, you already said you're already working on a comic strip, right? How did your journey started um, started working into comics? I, I know you had your comic strip, but you know. Well, you know the thing it well one thing one thing is that most people, at least back then, most people who started doing comics for DC and Marvel were yes. tended to be like in their early mid twenties, maybe. Mm -hmm. And by the time I broke into DC Comics, I was like in my mid thirties. So it was very different for me. I had a lot of life behind me, a lot of experience. And I hope that made my stories better. I don't know, but also I was kind of a newcomer where people my age weren't. So that was a strange feeling, but I'm not, that's not a complaint at all, but uh, it felt unique. But the, the main thing I learned and the main thing I, th I hope my story shows is that you never know what's going to be your break. Do everything, do every, do everything all the way because you don't know what's going to help you. Okay. And it was really my local comic strip that got that got me noticed by Roger Stern, who was writing Superman, and he had written Spider-Man, a great comic book writer, and he uh, got overcommitted and needed some help on some things, so I assisted him. And he paid me, and I would do like, you know, write uh, the first draft or a middle draft of the story that he had worked out. Mm -hmm. I I would have done that for the rest of my life happily, but he mm -hmm. yeah. felt guilty about it because uh, he wasn't crediting me. So he introduced me to his editor, Mike Carlin, and I got some work out of there. And then Mike, um, I got to write the Adam for a, a little while. That was my first guy. Oh, okay. and, uh, um, then Mike recommended me when a uh, vacancy came up in the editorial office of Karen Berger. Mm -hmm. She hired me to be her assistant editor. And then uh, a year or so into that, uh, she started Vertigo. So I was there and on the origin of that. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so I had people helping me all the way. Mm -hmm. Well, I've, I've always had a lot of good support, including at Ahoy, and uh, I'm really grateful for all of it. Um, off the cuff, because Tom, it, it's so incredible that um, it, 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 it just listening, just I mean, we're only like 20 minutes into the interview. It's just so incredible to hear your amazing, you know, um, history of comics because 
you know, you were there at the beginning when Marvel started, you know, with the Fantastic Four. Mm -hmm. um, when you joined, um, when, you, when you came into DC, when, because this is five years, about what, maybe within the last five years after Crisis on Infinite Earths, when DC started to really, you know, kind of change a different, well, well to reinvigorate, you know, their, you know, their, their characters like Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman. And then you're also like on the ground floor of Vertigo. That's incredible. You know? Yeah, I was lucky. The timing was, has always been very good for me just <laughs> to be around things when they were getting interesting. And um, I'd say DC really, the sort of DC superhero line really exploded probably about five years before I got there, four or five years in terms of creativity you know, with mm -hmm. Dark Knight and Watchmen and stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, Vertigo, it really felt being there like we were doing something important that mm -hmm. people were going to remember. Mm -hmm. you know, it felt like EC Comics in the 50s must have felt or something. Mm -hmm. And because uh, uh, we had so many just wonderful artists and writers yes. uh, doing material in ways that they weren't really allowed to do before mm -hmm. in mainstream comics and it was just god it was a beautiful time mm -hmm. and now tom i'm sorry i'm you know i'm sorry i'm kind of going off the cuff questions here but correct me if i'm wrong because because for me in hawaii um because in the 80s we were slowly getting comic books you know like literally comic book stores just focusing on comic books pop mm -hmm. culture stuff because and this is where the vertical line was kind of sort of going to the direct market right isn't that correct oh yeah yeah it was it was i don't i don't think we were on the new stance no yeah i'm, I'm trying to read it, it had the mature label so it wouldn't have gone to like you know a, con a convenience store or something yeah, it was direct on. Yeah, but my that but that's pretty cool. That again, it's just just the shift of the um again being part of that comic book history that you see yet you're a part of mm -hmm. the shift from moving from you know we still have the Supermans and Spidermans that can be sold at convenience stores, drug stores, but then you also have this other line that can be only sold directly the direct market to the comic straight to the comic book stores which is great where it's the stories were a little bit more matured it was a little bit um because i still remember picking up like um oh, the new titans or the mm -hmm. new Teen titans or george perez and marv wolfman that was a direct sale thing i think yeah. superheroes so sorry i'm kind of digressing sorry fine that's fine. I, I was there for, I mean, I was a fan for all of that. It's, uh, it, it was, it was a big change. It was a real big change when you started to have the books that only went to comic book stores. They, uh, they, uh, they didn't have to sort of, uh, uh, they weren't going to be for casual readers. They didn't have to fill you in on too much. They didn't have to try to seduce you to come in. It was people who really wanted it, you know? Yeah. That's right. So the tone was very different. Yes. So um, I know you said that, now correct me if I'm wrong, like you mentioned, the Adam was your first professional comic that you got credit for, is that correct? Uh, Power of the Adam, yeah. There was an issue of Superman that I plotted and Roger scripted that I got credit on. I think it was Superman 31. I, and, yeah. Uh, so that was my first credit. Okay. And then I did, uh, I don't know, five or six issues of Power of the Atom, sort mm -hmm. of the end of the series. And um, uh, I learned, you know, uh, that was a dream come true to just have my own comic to write once a month. I mean, that was amazing. So um, I know that, you know, you're, you're a Superman fan. You watched the 1950s TV show uh, reruns. Mm -hmm. Um, how excited were you to see your name on a Superman comic that first time? 
It was pretty mind-blowing. I couldn't believe it. I really couldn't. But you know what got me even more uh, than seeing my name on it was when I was working on the script and just typing the word Superman and knowing that I'm typing that word professionally. Mm-hmm. That's when I really got, like, uh, just I felt it, like, shivering through me. No, but that's pretty cool. Now, this is the off-the-cuff question. So I know John Byrne, correct me if I'm wrong, because I know John Byrne took over Superman in, I think Man of Steel came out in 1986. Kurt Swan retired from the Superman comics. Now, um, I'm going to ask, did you ever meet Kurt Swan? I did meet Kurt before then when he was still the monthly Superman artist. And uh, it was at if it was at the Ithaca convention. It was at Ithaca mm-hmm. where, I, where I'd met Roger Stern and he helped me, you know. And um, Kurt was uh, very friendly to me. I hadn't broken in yet, but he was very friendly to me. He bought me a beer and we talked about Superman. And uh, it's one of the great memories of my life. And uh, uh, he, uh, I, it was the only, the one time I got to meet him, he was just a really down to earth guy, you know? Mm-hmm. And now when I was six years old, I mean, it was, he was like Rembrandt to me. I was copying his pictures and mm-hmm. there were no better pictures in the world. And here I was just sitting with him and he's treating me like, a person that was really amazing that is so cool and i got to uh i would mark wayne and i wrote what turned out to be the last superman story he drew it was in the middle 90s or toward the late 90s and um uh so that we didn't know nobody knew that at the time yeah. that's what it turned out to be yeah Wow. Yeah, I know. That's really, that's, that's very nice. That's crazy. That, and that must have been a real, I mean, like you said, you just, I, I, I'm just trying to say, I think it's more the honor of um, just to work with him on a Superman comic. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it was nuts. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Oh, um, one question I wanted to, before we start getting to the wrong earth event, um, I remember on um, Word Balloon, you got Adam West's autograph at the, at a comic book store for 20 bucks. It was at, uh, yeah, it was actually, yeah, it was at a show. Oh, at a show, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. I did see him. I'm going to ask, do you still have it? Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. He's uh, I was, it's he was just exceptional. What a what a! It's really you have to go back and really stare at the Batman TV show and really look at it too. Yes. See what a terrific actor he really was. Yes. Because uh, it's not he's not pushy about it, so it can go over your head very easily, but. Mm-hmm. There's an issue where, or I'm sorry, there's an episode where um, he's on two telephones, one's, one to the police department, and uh-huh. one he's supposed to be Batman, and one he's supposed to be Bruce Wayne at the same time. Uh-huh. The way he slips back and forth into both of their personalities uh-huh. is just beautiful. Uh-huh. It's a Mr. Freeze episode. I forget which one, but uh-huh. if you have access, it's just so fun to watch him do that. Yeah. Um. No, because um, because I'm going to say because, you know, you know, just for our listeners, like, you know, I remember watching the Batman reruns with the Adam West, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, you know, I loved it as a kid. I'm, I'm not, I, let me just, I'm going to be a little honest. When Batman '89 came out, I was kind of like, uh, it looks a little hokey compared to Michael Keaton's one, but, but now I'm just now it's like I can yeah I can watch it with enjoyment mm-hmm. and also for nostalgia because it brings me back to my childhood 
but it's yeah. but those episodes are very good. Um, they are very good, particularly the, the first season ones are miraculous. Mm -hmm. There's they really try to look like a comic book, and they spend the money. You know, yeah, um, they're terrific. I still now on. I think it's on FXM. I don't know what channel is that um, mm -hmm. around the country, but every so often they'll show the Batman, the original Batman movie. And it's I'll great. try to, I try to watch it. No, and I do, but it's just sometimes I have to turn it off because I, I have something, I, I don't have the time. I have to run to do sure. something else, you know. Yeah. It's not like when we were little kids and look, it's been two, three hours, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. So, sorry, Tom, I'm going to continue moving on. So let's talk about The Wrong Earth, this world-shattering special event comic. Now, before, um, before we jump into the, this event, may I ask, can you briefly describe to the listeners uh, about The Wrong Earth series? Yes, I'm happy to. Uh, it's, uh, I created it with uh, Jamal Igo, the artist. And um, it's uh, about two, there's two parallel Earths that have different versions of the same people on it. On one Earth, uh, the prominent masked crime fighter is named Dragonfly Man. And it's uh, an Earth patterned after old fashioned comics where the hero is upstanding and flag saluting and helping people across the street and really, really sticks up for authority and the status quo. And uh, uh, the other Earth is uh, based on later comic books and there's a version of him there, mm -hmm. same guy named Dragonfly, and he is an ultra-violent vigilante who wants to stick it to the man, you know. Mm -hmm. And they're the same guy, but it's two different approaches. And what happens in the wrong earth is they accidentally get trapped on each other's earths. Mm -hmm. So the, uh, the naive old fashioned hero has to live in this nightmarish world of corruption and ultraviolence. And the, uh, the, the vigilante has to live in this, to him, nightmarish world where everybody's naive. Uh, uh, and I hope it's fun. I hear it is. <laughs> now, for listeners, um, you know, before we, me and Tom started the interview, I told Tom, you know, yesterday, you know, I read The Wrong Earth on trade. It's out on Comixology. And I, you know, so if you guys get a chance, if you can't pick it up at your, if you get a chance, pick it up at your local comics shop, the trade, or just pick it up on Comixology. I read it. I told Tom I really love it. It's great. It really is. Um, and I'm, and I told Tom we're not going to spoil anything. You know. <laughs> um, all right. So now, last year, Ahoy Comics Magazine, you guys were teasing us with ads of quote unquote, words will be written, words will be deleted and nothing will ever be the same. Now, no spoilers, what is this event about? Well, first I have to say that when this is over, everything will still be the same. <laughs> I lied about that. Um, the event, so we take, this is our series, The Wrong Earth, and um, we, decided to do some one-shot, complete in one-issue stories, mm -hmm. a bunch of nice variant covers, mm -hmm. and they would have different creative teams on each one. And we'd get to see how um, writers like Gail Simone and mm -hmm. Mark Russell and Mark Wade and Stuart Moore would handle mm -hmm. um, The Wrong Earth. And I get to do one too. And uh, we have a bunch of fine different artists, Bill Morrison, Mm -hmm. uh, Greg Scott, Michael Montana, Leonard Kirk, Fred Harper, uh, some good stuff. We got variants. Oh, they all have variant covers by Gene Ha, who's one of the best in the world, yes. and Jamal Igo. And, uh, and so, uh, there's one from 
Jerry Ordway and one from Dan Parent of Archie Comics. That's really nice. And, and we have a bunch of, so we have a bunch of different creators just coming into this playpen, the sandbox of, of the wrong earth. And um, they all seem to have a really good time with it. And I think they came up with some really fine work. Mm -hmm. He marketed it like it was this big crossover, mm -hmm. but it isn't. The stories are all self-contained. And I promise you that when it's done, everything will be the same. <laughs> now, um, now, one of the questions, um, and, and um, when you guys, came, you know, um, for all these one shots, and I'm being serious, is it to look back finally at the crossover events of the JLA and J, um, JLA, GSA Avengers um, crossovers? Yes, absolutely. But that was more with the marketing. Okay. Stories. The marketing we had fun with because, uh, and we're open, it's a cash grab. We just want your money. That's why there's all these covers. And it turned out they accidentally turned out to be good comic books. And we're sorry for that. But uh, uh, but the the actual stories themselves are are absolutely complete in one issue and um, uh, don't refer to each other at all. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some year we'll do one, but not this time. <laughs> so will you guys do like one of if you guys do a cross a connected crossover event? Will you guys do it on your anniversary of? Hey, Ahoy Comics eighth anniversary. <laughs> sure, we could do that. We're not going to do the five year. We're not going to do the ten year. <laughs> no, we'll do the eighth. You're right. Yeah. That's a great idea. The eleventh. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm stealing that one. <laughs> That's fine. Um, um, I know you mentioned um Jerry Ordway. Um. I know you said this isn't a crossover event or anything, but how cool was it to get Jerry Ordway from one of the original artists and inkers from Crisis on Infinite Earths? Super cool. Mm -hmm. Absolutely super cool. He is the nicest guy and the best artist. Yes. And, um, he's, he's been an Ahoy booster. I mean, uh -huh. uh, he, he was a wrong earth reader and uh, the retailer who, sells him his comics told me about that jerry mm -hmm. was like really into this book so we started to correspond a little and oh, that's um, nice he's uh he's just he's terrific i remember when he was doing superman at the beginning yes you'd buy one of these comics and every, there would always be at least one panel that you wanted blown up to be a poster because mm -hmm. it was so beautiful mm -hmm. and, uh, his work is just you uh I mean, Kurt Swan is our favorite of all time, but yes. Jerry Ordway is right up there. Yes. Mm -hmm. For Superman. Yeah. Um, because I remember um, he did it. Sorry, I'm kind of going off the cuff. And, um, because I remember he did one issue of Adventures of, of Superman. I think mm -hmm. John Byrne wrote this story, mm -hmm. and it was Jerry Ordway that drew it. And Superman was going up against the Fearsome Five. Mm -hmm. um, and for some reason, um, I, think, I think Clark was trying to balance to be Superman and Clark Kent. And he, he, I think his first fight with the Fearsome Five, he lost. Um, Perry White was getting after him because he was late on his deadlines. And I remember, you know, Clark went back home to talk to Ma and Pa Kent actually the pocket um and there's a nice scene where him and pa Kent are walking they're at, at one of those wooden farm fences and it was just a nice quiet moment of just the two of them yeah yeah, that, yeah. that's the thing i remember the most yeah 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 he was wonderful he and uh marv did that book for i want to say about a year anyway like Marv Wolfman was writing it and Jerry was drawing it. And that's where they came up with the uh, reimagining Luthor as a big businessman. Oh, that was great. Yeah, that was Marv and Jerry, I think. Oh, that was very good. Yeah, yeah. I love that. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I remember that. Yeah, I remember panels too. There's a panel where he's Superman's just plowing through a brick wall mm -hmm. that Jerry did, and I just I wanted that blown up huge. Wasn't that that was one of the covers, right? It was one. That, yeah, there was an interior panel too that was called. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, really good stuff. Yeah, yeah. We got to work with some good people. We had a variant cover last year uh, from uh, Sergio Aragonis, which made me very happy. And, uh, I don't want to single too many people out, but that was a, just a once in a lifetime thrill was working with Sergio. Yes, yes. Um, and, and I'm just saying for some of our listeners, um, the creator of Gru. Gru the Wanderer, yeah. Which I think is in development for television now. Wow, okay. So, all right. Um, sorry, Tom, I'm going to continue on. So, okay. So, um, we talked about, you know, um, and, uh, and during the interview, I mentioned that when I call Ahoy Comics Magazine, because in um in the issue trapped on teen planet book there is a page in there on how to make cocktails who came up with that page <laughs> that was uh david hyde mm -hmm. a very good writer who also happens to be our publicist mm -hmm. and he came to me with that idea that we would have you he asked if i was interested we could have like every it, in every one of these five issues, we could have um, cocktail recipes that pertain to the comic at hand. And I mm -hmm. said, oh, yes. Oh, yes. And they're very, whether you drink or not, they're very amusing to read. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, David did a terrific job. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Now, okay, so now I'm joking on this part. Did you guys bounce around ideas of what this quote unquote event should be called like did you guys go hey how about we call the event the age of the extreme infinite crisis war on the dark gauntlet versus the multiverse if i brought that to a logo designer <laughs> i don't i don't think they'd ever speak to me again <laughs> it's otherwise very good though <laughs> Or, or do you guys, or did you come up with the DF versus DFM? You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Okay. So now, now, listeners, you know, we're just poking fun at this because we love these big events. I mean, I do. I, and, you know, and some of these events are a little crazy. Some of these events are going why did they do this? And there's some that is really great. So, mm -hmm. you know, for this next section, this next part of questions I'm going to ask Tom, it's just dumb, fun questions. Sure. Just have fun. Now, in this Ahoy, Ahoy event, um, where are all the 2,596 tie-ins? 2,597. Oh. <laughs> you missed I, one. Go okay. back and count again. <laughs> So where are those tie-ins? <laughs> they're, uh, they're in our hearts. <laughs> okay. Now, is there an Earth Edda that's going to be introduced in this series? We already have Alpha. We've got Omega. <laughs> yeah, we have Earth Kappa coming up in, in um, purple. We're on Earth purple. We'll go to Earth Kappa. Wow. Okay. All right. Now, Will I see a kinder, softer, politically correct Snelson in one of these stories? Never. <laughs> <laughs> Never. If Snelson, uh, Snelson is our stand-up comic uh, creation of uh, Paul Constant and Fred Harper. It's such a great, great and beautiful to look at series about a... Uh, stand-up comic from the 90s who's still trying but his stuff really isn't considered edgy anymore but he's not changed it mm -hmm. so um he's sort of struggling with how to stay afloat in the new world and uh, 
one of the ways for a comedian, an old comedian to stay afloat in the new world is to blame the audience, <laughs> start talking about cancel culture. And uh, he falls into that trap for a while. Mm -hmm. um, no, he, I don't think he would ever have the uh, empathy or sensitivity to really uh, be a polite stand-up comic. And for listeners, um, and I'm sorry, because I didn't have time, but I read the first two issues of Snelson, and I love it. Isn't that a great comic? It is. Um, um, so I'm kind of going off the cuff here, Tom, because the second issue, um, what I love about it, he's trying to be relevant, and he's doing a podcast. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, couple funny, there, there was one funny scene I love where Paul and actually Fred drew this, and it was Fred's artwork that I love. Where I, I, get, I forgot who it was, Snelson and his, and was it one of his other um, comedian friends that was on the road with him a lot? Yeah. And then they're kind of going, "Hey, what happened to this big hotshot guest we're supposed to get? Oh, they canceled." And then he, and I think Snelson had um, some type of YouTube documentary crew you know, yep. filming their whole session and yeah, just keep smiling. And you see the smile in one house, kind of regular. And then, yeah, they can't on the smile just grows more wider. It's wider than their face. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Yeah. It, Snelson's wonderful because, um, well, one of the reasons it's wonderful is that the story is really, it's funny, but it's realistic and it's real world and gritty kind of, but Fred the artist makes it, he finds these emotional moments where he can make it surreal and trippy. Even though the story itself is very grounded. It's um, sometimes he doesn't draw the scene as it would look, he draws it as it would feel. Mm -hmm. And uh, what a beautiful job he does. And he, he does uh, an amazing job on the wrong earth purple as well. He colored it himself and it's like no coloring job you've ever seen in comics before. It's just absolutely unique and absolutely correct and right. A pleasure to look at. That's great. Okay, sorry, Tom, I'm going to continue on. So yeah. will I see an earth omega diamond chandelier and the chandelier is from the My Bad Comics. <laughs> <laughs> I just see the regular chandelier, but I want to see a diamond chandelier. In you just want, you don't want the character of the chandelier. You just want a chandelier. Well, chandelier, the ch character is chandelier, but instead of just a regular chandelier, it's just diamond chandelier. Diamond, diamond chandelier. All right. I'm going to write that down. All right. I'm gonna that down. We're going to have to do that. We'll have to cross over with My Bad someday because I have a, a big score to settle with my dad, which is that it's funnier than my stuff. <laughs> and I can't let that go. Okay. <laughs> so is it going to be one of those where Dragonfly Man is going to marry Deuce on Earth Alpha? <laughs> and then is it going to be where number one's going to send... Um, Dragonfly Man's Alter Eagle, a wedding present? <laughs> you, you just gave me a headache. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I'm going to continue on. Um, so in this event, will Dragonfly or Dragonfly Man get a new suit, just like Spider-Man did in Secret Wars? No, but we'll see um, other versions of them. Uh, Earth Kappa has yet another version oh, okay. called the Dragonfly, and uh, his suit is the same but different. Okay. Uh, by Fred Harper, it's very good. It's a it's a good looking suit. And then, um, will Stinger ever meet a counterpart named Stung? <laughs> well, you uh, breathe. Okay. <laughs> Keep reading. All right. I can't tell then, you. I would spoil the surprise of Stinger meeting Stung. Okay. Now, I know you said that all these issues are self-contained. It's just five comic books. But will there be a bunch of point one issues? 
just like Marvel's event, Fear Itself. <laughs> Wait until you see the wrong Earth number 6.400 and more. Okay. Because you really need to save your money for this stuff because there's going to be a lot of this. And we're going to raise the prices too. Okay. <laughs> Finally, are you in talks with Hollywood and telling them that this is the next big movie franchise that you're going to have to use 20 years to build up? I hope they're listening. <laughs> this is the only way they would, they would know, frankly. <laughs> All right. Um, Hollywood, call me. Okay, so Tom, I'm going to start wrapping this up, Tom. So, sure. And I'm being serious on this part. Is there a creator or creators that you would like to work with at Ahoy Comics just to write a mini series? We haven't worked with yet. Yeah. I'd hate to single one out. Okay. Huh. Yeah. But we we've been so lucky in the people we've gotten to work with. There've been so many great ones from you know Mark Russell and Steve Pugh and and Richard Pace and uh my goodness uh like i said sergio and jerry ordway and gene ha all those covers it's just i feel like it would be ungrateful to even wish for anyone else yeah but yeah and also um um did you guys prim did you guys um was blacksmith from you guys yeah yeah eric that's oh, yeah yeah eric Poliki. yeah yeah that's right yeah, yeah i know what it what a terrific series that is. Okay. Um, what is the most fun or exciting thing um, you love working in comics? That's a really good question. Well, you know, the people are great. The relationships are great. Um, opening that email and finding a beautiful new piece of art. Mm -hmm. It was drawn just for your comic book company. Mm -hmm. To, to write a script and see the art come back and see what they've done and it's just so oh my god i can't believe they had to draw that because of me mm -hmm. and uh i love that i just just the collaboration the collaboration makes it all worth it okay. all right um i know you mentioned <clears throat> because the next question is about convention moments i know i know you've you like you said you mentioned about um uh, meeting Kurt Swan, him buying your beards, talking to Superman. Is there another favorite convention moment that you that that you have, either as a fan or as a creator? Well, I was at uh, one that pops out. I was at um, Ithacon just when John Byrne was going to take over Superman. And they hadn't announced it yet, but he was working on it. And he told us all about it. And that was so uh, exciting to hear about beforehand, before anyone else in the world knew about yeah. it. We talked about it all weekend. I mean, he had all these plans, just a thousand different plans. And he told us all of them. And uh, that was pretty mind blowing. I kept, uh, I was trying to make him feel guilty about not having crypto, but it, it didn't work. <laughs> I'm sorry, it kind of reminded me because I remember reading a story and it was like, and, and, and for listeners, this is back literally way before internet. The only thing we had was um, uh, either Amazing, the, the comic book magazine, Amazing, amazing Heroes, Heroes yeah. and then comic book, comics interview or something. Those were like, comics I can remember, and, and I, I can't remember if Comic Shop News, the, the weekly comic book newspaper, came the, out. Uh, the Comic Buyer's Guide. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. But I remember reading an article. Um, matter of fact, I think I still have that Amazing Heroes that focus on John Byrne's, um, um, him doing Superman. I still have mm -hmm. that issue. But I remember reading the article, and I don't remember what convention, but I remember someone asked him, about it's either crypto or if there are going to be other Kryptonians in the Superman series. And he said, no, there's not going to be any. Superman's going to be the only one from Krypton. I remember well, that, that lasted about six months. 
because in this at the same convention someone asked is supergirl gonna appear and he kind of let me think about that one <laughs> yeah yeah oh my god now i gotta dig out that amazing heroes and find out which convention he mentioned that at yeah yeah well the one i was at was ithaca mm-hmm. ithaca new york yeah and uh, uh, that was that was pretty memorable like I said, this is incredible. I mean, you know, just for you, again, to be at the, the beginning of, literally at the beginning of Marvel Comics, to see literally the Batman TV show as a first run. You yeah. know, it's, you know, um, you know, being at the Ithaca convention where John Byrne going, yeah, I'm doing Superman, you know. I can say this because, you know, <laughs> Yeah, it'll be a year, and you know it's not gonna like, you know, yeah. You know. And, and back then, if I remember correctly, newspapers newspapers weren't even really focusing on comic books, too. No, they weren't. You know, absolutely not. Because if someone called a local newspaper, hey, John Byrne's going to be doing Superman. He's going to reboot it and everything. I think that person, someone would hang up on them. They wouldn't know what you were talking about. They yeah. wouldn't want to know. But again, and then also, too, being on the ground floor of Vertigo, you know, and also starting up Ahoy Comics, which is great. You know? You're right. I've been really lucky. I have no, I had no idea. <laughs> but I've been lucky just being in the interesting places at the right time. I'm like Forrest Gump. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, will you be doing, um, do you, are you going to be at a, convention or what's your next convention or store signing appearance? Ahoy is going to have a presence at Ithacon this year. That's in April. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be there personally. Uh I'm doing, I'm not doing shows yet because I'm an older guy and I still don't want the germs. Yes. No, it's understandable. uh, So, but uh, there's other braver people who are, probably go out on our behalf mm-hmm. no but tom i understand because for us i think our next a next convention in hawaii is comic-con honolulu and i think it's in august and i'm kind of questioning do i go three days or one day or do i just stay home you know that kind of deal yeah so, kind of have to wait and see how things are going right yeah Okay. Um, two more questions. Have sure. you and your family ever been to Hawaii? I have. I was uh, lucky to go to Maui. Oh, nice. Uh, it was, uh, I guess, in the year 2000, 2001. Mm-hmm. I, was in, I was in Maui. I spent uh, a week, week and a half there. It was the most beautiful place I ever was. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, Maui is very beautiful. It is. All right, Tom, my last question. Any closing words to our listeners? Aloha. Oh, thank you. All right, Tom, I wish you all the success with the Wrong Earth event and with Ahoy Comics. You know, mahalo. Thank you for your time. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to interview you. And, and thank you for at least letting me have some fun, you know, asking you fun questions. You know, thank you very much. Um, again, I want to thank Hannah of Superfan Promotions for help setting up this interview. Hannah, thank you very much. If you are a new comic book reader or a lifelong comic book reader, please check out Ahoy Comics, The Wrong Earth Event. Um, it all started with um, Trapped on Teen Planet number one that's out in stores, and it will end with Wrong Earth Meet on July 27th. I want to thank Drew, the co-host of Comics for Fun and Profit, for putting this episode together. Drew, thank you very much for all your hard work behind the scenes. And if you are a new listener, please check out new episodes of the Comics for Fun and Profit podcast that comes out every Saturday. And thank you, little listener. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening to this episode. Until next time, guys, aloha. Aloha.
Join our Patreon page at patreon.com slash comics for fun and profit. Why you ask? Well, because we are on episode 700 and something, and we've been cranking these out for a decade for you. So, hey, support us. Give us, throw us a shekel or two. Toss a buck our way. Toss three bucks our way. Um, toss five or ten. You know, your choice. You can um, support us at any level, and that level gets you in our Slack channel. You get to be a part of our daily conversations that extend beyond our weekly podcast. You get entered into contests. We've given away multiple 9.8 slabbed comics over the years. Um, we enjoy providing early access to our various episodes. We have exclusive access to shows that never see the light of day elsewhere. Video shows, review shows, exclusive episodes just for our patrons. So please, be a patron. Join us at patreon.com slash comics for fun and profit. <laughs>